welcome to season two of Pasco Podcast, a series where we discuss leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the 550,000 plus residents of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Dan Biles, and welcome to our 18th episode of Pasco Podcast. Join us today from our award-winning animal <laughs> services team is Director Mike Schumate and Assistant Director Spencer Cronover. Conover, yeah. Conover? Perfect. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, as we get started, kind of first want to kind of give everybody a little bit sense about who you are and how you got to Pasco. So tell us briefly a little bit about yourself and then how you got to Pasco in your current role. All right. So... Um, I uh, I guess I'll start back when military service. I won't go right, farther right. back yeah, than yeah. that. But uh, I did 26 years in the Coast Guard. Okay. Um, uh, did a lot of different roles, a lot of leadership roles. Uh, it's a small service. You get chosen pretty quickly for leadership positions. Uh, I came up through the ranks, uh, started from boot camp, went all the way to you know, CWO4, warrant officer, um, had command of two units, uh, one as a NCO or you know, officer in charge, and then one is commanding officer of a ship out of St. Pete. That's actually where I retired out of. And then from there, um, I had a, uh, I have three daughters and my oldest daughter had moved to Greenville, uh, got married, started having grandkids for us. And so we would go visit them more frequently. So going up there, we decided at one point, Hey, you know, I'm going to move up there. This is beautiful. I love the weather, the changes, everything. So, um, so we did, we packed it all up. Uh, left Tampa and uh, was actually living in Pasco County at the time and uh, moved up to Greenville. Um, I was retired, so thought I'd enjoy life in retirement. And no, I didn't. You know, it's just like got very boring right. quick, right, right, right. you know. So I uh, went ahead and um, uh, looked for jobs, started with the uh, Greenville County Sheriff's Office, uh, records administration, stuff like that, uh, supervising and leading a couple shifts. And then uh, about two years of that, uh, they came open a position. The county had just taken over for the Humane Society. Okay. Beautiful property, big facility, um, and the county was going to run it. So they hired a manager to come in, uh, Shelly Simmons. She came out of Ohio. And then um, uh, they needed an administrator. So I said, you know, I'd much rather do that than do this shift work. So I applied. She hired me. And that's where I sort of started uh, into the, this industry. Well, I did that for a few years. Uh Son-in-law got transferred out to Phoenix, a corporate office. Kids went away. Grandkids went away. Me and the wife sitting up there going like, why the heck did we do this? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I guess from there, you know, it's basically, well, let's get back to our other two right. daughters in Tampa, you know. Okay. So we we did. I started looking for a job. First applied at Hillsboro um, for an operations manager job down at their animal shelter. Mm -hmm. uh, was told that, yeah, you kind of were overqualified, but we had an internal candidate. So... You know, I said, well, you know, keep me in mind. Well, sure enough, the director down there called me and said, hey, Pasco's about to lose their their manager out at their animal services. So just be on the lookout. So I was and I looked, I applied, came down, did the interview, uh, sat in with county administrator, a commissioner, um, a community development, uh, you know, uh, director. And um, uh, they they hired me right okay. away. So right. that was great. Got yeah. here, got on the and job, and it was, years ago was crazy. It? That was like eight and a half years ago now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Okay. 
My story is not as, as fun as Mike's. <laughs> no, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, um, okay. <laughs> grew up in Tampa, went to Gaither High School, just down on Dale Mabry. Um, my wife and I met in high school, uh, went to the University of Florida. I went there for telecommunications and sports journalism. So I sat in front of microphones just like this for the better, right. better part of a decade. And after college, wife and I wanted to move away for a bit. Our whole family were here. So we moved to Denver, Colorado, got a job working for an ESPN affiliate out there. Ever since I was a little kid, all I wanted to do was work in sports radio. Did it, top 15 market, covering the Colorado Avalanche. And Dan, I hated every minute of it. It was awful. And they say <laughs> all the time, you know, people say, and they have different experiences, but you do something you'd love, you'll never right. work a day in your life, right? right? And I had the opposite. It was do something you love, and now you turned your thing you love into a job. Right. And so ultimately got out of that and started working um, at the local animal shelter. My wife was working there at the time, and um, I applied for a gig. Uh, taking pictures of animals. I didn't get it because I was like, oh, it's kind of related to telecommunications. Right, we're using right. a camera. Um, ultimately ended up working in the intake department. It was an open admission shelter, largest shelter in the state of Colorado. We were taking in 21,000 animals a year. Um, it was pretty crazy from there. Worked my way up to a supervisor position with them and then got in um, with the national organization, Best Friends Animal Society out in Salt Lake City. Um, that was a lot of fun. Did that for a couple of years and then became the director of operations uh, for the Humane Society of Utah, largest shelter in the state of Utah. And then like everything else, we moved away from family. My wife and I had a daughter, both sets of grandparents back here in Tampa area said, if you don't bring that granddaughter back here, we're going to abandon you. And so um, like Mike saw the opening with, with Pasco County, um, jumped on it. Mike was, was kind enough to give me an opportunity. It's been great ever since. Joined Pasco in 2018, would have been 2018. So coming up on four years with the yeah, county now. Yeah, I, th I think I remember that. Yeah. So, all right. So eight and a half years ago. Yeah. So um, before I get into the question, I want to talk a little about where we were. Because mm -hmm. oh, wow. I, I said yeah. award-winning. So Right. Just well, briefly. wasn't always award-winning, was yeah, it? Yeah, right. So yeah. where were – I mean, there was a reason the commissioner was in the interview, right? Yes. So where were we eight and a half years ago? And then, you know, where are we today? Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I think, um, you, you know, from the, from the public standpoint, you know, they did not trust us at all. Um, there was such criticism going to the board constantly about what was going on. There was a lot of internal uh, dysfunction as well, you know. Um, and uh, I think they, they really wanted to change all that. So right. they, they wanted a fresh start. And I think maybe that's why they look for somebody outside the county to come in and try to try to manage that. But um, I, I think primarily the commissioner was very um, in line with a lot of the advocates. Right. And then you had the staff. And then, you know, there was this back and forth a lot of times and things like that. Uh, for me... Um, I, I, I kind of think I was the perfect fit for that because right. I'm pretty patient with people mm -hmm. and, uh, special tell, I'll always tell you, you know, I'm the peacemaker, you right. know, I, I, I listen to all sides and I try to make a good decision about stuff. But the hardest thing about that was coming in to satisfy what was being demanded from above right. to, to in, incorporate this save 90 program, which had just, it was fledgling at the time. Right. I mean, our, our save rate was still in the 56%. You know, so we were nowhere near 90 percent and we didn't have programs in place. We didn't have the right people in place. There was a lot of things that we needed. They were just starting to fund that almost eight months after they voted it in. Okay. So that that didn't help us either. Right. But um, to get there, it took it took a lot of um, a lot of cultural change. Mm -hmm. These people were beat down. The, the team, you know, they were just really beat down. They were depressed. They, they'd seen leaders come and go. They, they saw a lot of internal conflict and stuff. They were be, getting beat up every day right. in social media and everything else. 
So for that, it was, it was, how do you bring this team up? You know, and it's funny, but one of the first things I did was I made sure that we had money in the budget for uniforms. Yeah. Simple Just things. Make them look professional. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and you do things like that and a lot of other little things that start to build the team. And then, you know, you have to kind of create that trust within the culture. Do they even know me, trust me or stuff like right. that? So it took a lot of, of time. I was the first one there in the morning. Last one to leave late at night because there's just so much to do at first, you know. Right. Still is, by the way. Yeah, there still is. Seems <laughs> like, yeah. But I got good people on it now, so yes, yeah. I don't have to work as hard. Trust me. But, uh, but no, it, it took it took a long time to build that, and then we started getting the right people in the right seats, right, in, on the bus, and that's that's always talked about, you know. But it's so important. You can you can have things going along pretty good, but you really need those key people in place that have a passion for what they do, right. And to have the ability to talk to people and just, you know, our business is all about empathy, you know, and we've got to show that to the public. You know, it's like Kathy always tells us, you know, it's like they don't they don't care if you how much, you know, until they know how much you care, right. you know. So, yeah. So so eight and a half years ago, 56 percent. And, yeah. and now it's been like three. I can't remember how many years in a row y'all have been over 90. You're right. Three years in a row. Three yeah. years in a row. You've been yeah. over 90. Since 2019. You know, so, you know, that's a tremendous change in just a. A few period, and you mentioned yeah. a lot of leadership pieces of, of that. Oh yeah, that question. And yeah. so, you know, and this is about leadership and public service, and you kind of wrap them all together, and in yeah. an area that is very sensitive to people. Sometimes we, it is to yeah. a certain extent. Sometimes we treat animals better than we do other people. Sometimes, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and have, having walked through the shelter many times, mm -hmm. you know, I can't bring my wife because otherwise we take another rescue <laughs> home. Right, you right. know, you know, we have several. Your rescues. first time there, I think right. we, you yeah. ended up leaving with it. Right. You're one yeah. of our best customers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have rescues at home and, and, and love them, you know, but, yeah. but it's a different environment dealing with that than, than, you know, absolutely what other places would be in the yeah. county. So it's very difficult. Um, you know, in fact, uh, Gina Botticello is our, is our, um, Award she's winner, be, who she's had on absolutely award course, winner. Right? Yeah, she yeah. used to be our rescue uh, coordinator. She's she's in a supervisory right. role now, where she's taking on programs and community outreach and stuff. But um, one of the things she's going to do uh, coming up uh, next month is is uh, get those rescues in and get some of the team members in, just to have a time where we can just talk about what we do, because that's such a such an emotional investment mm -hmm. in this. You know, constantly our folks, you know, the customer service folks at the front desk and stuff, they're and the animal control officers in the field, even they're seeing the worst. Right. Sometimes yeah. of, of what people do with animals. Right. You know, there's there's neglect, there's cruelty, there's all that. And then just when people come across those animals and they find them and bring them into the shelter, you know, it's it's it can be real troubling for, for a lot of people. And uh, emotionally, that's that's stressful. So so. so you know, that kind of leads into some of the questions, but really from a leadership perspective, you've talked a lot about what y'all are doing and what mm -hmm. y'all have done. Right. But how did your leadership philosophy play a role? Both of you, how did the leadership philosophy play a role in I, what y'all are doing in animal services? I think the biggest thing for me, and you kind of even touched on it, was a lot of directors coming into that situation where their save rate is 56% and you have to, you have these goals, we have KPIs, right. we have to save 90 program, I have to hit the results, the results, the results. It's knowing that when you are a leader in that position, you are not, uh, you are not in charge of the results. Right. You are in charge of the people who are in charge of the results. And doing something as simple as uniforms shows that to the staff that 
hey, these results, saving the animals is a result. It's what we do, right? right? It's what happens. But taking care of those people, that's so big, so big. And so, you know, people joke all the time in the county, how are the dogs doing? How are the dogs doing? I, I don't know how the dogs are doing because we have incredible people that Mike and I take care of who know exactly how the dogs are doing. Right. And that's, that to me is, is one of the biggest things is, yeah. you know, we are, we're in, you know, we're in charge of those people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and looking out for those people is, is what we have to do. You know, we got to make sure they get what they need to do their job, you know, whether it's, it's funding through the budget process and stuff like that. But even along that, those lines, you know, it's like they don't know what they don't know. And, mm -hmm. and so I don't want them to be bitter about something they don't understand. So we're, we spend a lot of time in our team leaders meetings and, and, uh, and then our all hands meetings, uh, explaining everything to them. What right. is the process? This is the process we're dealing with and it's competitive. We've got a lot of business in the County, you know, and everybody's doing this as hard as we're working. They're working just as hard in their departments, you know, and they all need stuff. So it's, 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 we explain that to them, but, but, we do make sure that we put stuff in our budget and, and, and activities and things like that, where we can actually encourage them um, and support them in what they do. And, it, and for the most part, we've been very blessed. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've gotten uh, good support from the county. Uh, I think the commissioners uh, have seen the turnaround in what we do out there. And that's encouraging for our team. Mm -hmm. You know, when I go back and said, hey, you know, you know commissioner so-and-so or you know, said good things about us today at the board meeting, you know, and, and things like that. And when we have other folks come out and say things, you know, it's, it's good. They need to hear that. And we're all award winning. We're all right. about the recognition, you right. know, I mean, right, we right. do because we know how hard they work. Right. So, yeah, well, in part of taking care of people is making sure they recognize the work they do. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, we've, won something like 11 awards in the last four years. Mike and I have won zero of those awards. Right. We yep. have not won a single one. It's not these, the, the folks that are doing the work that are actually helping the animals that are actually helping the people, they deserve that recognition. Right. Right. 100%. Right. 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 Well, and, and without that, you don't get from 56 to 92. Yep. No, you don't. Percent. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so, yeah. and I, I know that you know, it wasn't too long ago where y'all didn't have any animals in the shelter mm -hmm. for a while. Right. You know, right. and so, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty tremendous. And I'll just tell you one more thing real quick about, uh, about the team, you know, because, you know, we've got our, our staff, mm -hmm. but then we've also got a whole nother body. Right. You have volunteers. Exactly. We've got a, a huge of amount there. of volunteers and, and we had to very quickly make sure that we were also looking out for them and incorporating them. And, the, and for a long time, we had this battle going on between staff and volunteers, you know, it was us against them kind of mentality. And, and it wasn't until we went to actually do the, um, uh, the service, uh, service excellence, enterprise. service uh, enterprise, yeah. yeah, service enterprise for service excellence on that, that we went through that with best friends, animal society coached us through it and stuff. Uh, and we got that certification, but we had to make a determination that we were going to trust these volunteers. Mm -hmm. Because the volunteers and the advocates were always kind of, you know, together. And, it, and that's what kind of built that distrust a little bit. So once we opened up and just said, we're going to trust them, that, that changed everything. It changed for the way we allowed uh, the volunteers to integrate into mm -hmm. our everything we do. Right. I mean, used to it just you're just dog walkers. Just go walk dogs, keep the cats, things like that you know, uh, maybe handle a few customers, you know, but now they're into everything. They're into medical, they're into data, everything. So we fully trust them just like we do our, our team members, you know, and now they're all part of it. So what that did was allow these people to work closer together, 
which built the relationship, which built the trust. And I think that was a very important thing for us as an organization because that bled over into everything else we did uh, with rescues, with everybody. And that's really drove us to those higher numbers. It was, it was a cool leadership thing Mike did back when there was that distrust. We started uh, every other week, biweekly, whatever you want to call it, uh, open door meeting with the volunteers. If you guys have complaints, suggestions, anything, come on down. In the first couple meetings, there were, the room was packed lists and lists and lists of stuff. This is what's wrong. This is what's, and we listen. And the ones that we couldn't do anything about, didn't do anything about the ones that we could. Yeah. We took it back to the team. Hey, this is what they're saying. Voice of the customer. They need, they want this and they need this to help our animals. And so what happened was those meetings every other week, every other week, every other week, and then slowly the trust build, and right. the yeah. attendance went down mm -hmm. and the complaints go down because, oh, they list, they're listening to us. They're actually doing. And now we, you know, we attend that we still have the meetings, but very few and far between that people actually attend. And it's, it's a cool thing, you know, cool leadership thing Mike did. Yeah. Well, and we, we, we talk even here about trust uh, mm -hmm. under, undergirds all leadership oh, elements, yeah. right? Absolutely. Without, yeah. it, it really starts from us trusting our team yeah. before they'll start to trust us. Right. Which sounds like that, that's what you've done over the yeah. eight, last eight and a half years. So, so great. So, um, go back a little bit. Um, when, in terms of leadership, kind of who's been the biggest influence in, in the way you lead people, uh, over the course of your life. And it can be more than one person, but kind of who's influenced <laughs> you and your leadership philosophy? Um, honestly, I'd have to say everybody I've known, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, on, there's no one particular person. <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of people that have, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of like a sponge in a way right, right. in that regard, you know, you just take a little bit and just soak it in and, and, um, you know, it could be, it could be something I read, something I saw, you know, um, it, it could, it could have been someone in my life, maybe helping me with something else, but, you know, I gained that from them. And, um, I, I think that's just how you, you, you work as a leader. You are constantly looking, observing, uh, because it's a key component about leadership is to know who you're leading as much as you can so that you can provide them the right thing they need uh, to be successful. And uh, so I would just say it, it, was, it was just a lot of folks. I mean, 26 years in the Coast Guard, we right. went through a lot of leadership training, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, right. um, it, it was constant in the military. And then after that, it's just been, you know, good leaders mm -hmm. and you take from the bad as well, right. because that's not where you want to go as a leader. And you know that. So, uh, but no, it's been, it's been very good for me. I've been very uh, lucky to have some good leaders in my, in my career. Um, and then for those that I didn't, you suffer through it for a while and, and you wait for the next guy to come along right. and, you know, <laughs> and you see what happens. I think so. for me, it came out of a negative experience. Mostly my journey into leadership was, you know, I mentioned I had director of operations, humane side of Utah. I was 27 years old at the time. When I got there, the shelter save rate was 87%. In my first year there, increased it to 91, decreased expenses, increased revenue, everything hit all my all my results, right? right? Hit the results, hit the results, hit the results. Ultimately, I was fired because I was a crappy leader. Dan, I was a bad leader. And, you know, thankful to Mike, he took a shot on me. And when I got here, it's a funny story. My third day here, it's a team leaders meeting. Right. And you showed a video, Simon Sinek, start with why. Right. And I sit there and I went, oh, I can learn this stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, I was joking with Joanna Cheshire, we're going through the CPM training now for years. That supervisor position I got, the manager position I got, the director position I got. I didn't have any leadership skills. I'm outgoing and an extrovert. And so they gave me that position because they figured this kid can do it, whatever. I had no skills. And so when I get here to Pasco between 
you know, learning from people who know what the heck they're doing, Simon Sinek, you know, um, Brene Brown, you know, Kim Scott, and then Mike taking me under his wing as a mentor has been, has been incredible. It's been incredible. And to go from in 2018, fire for being a poor leader. And now in 2021, <laughs> getting a master's degree in leadership, it's, yeah. it just shows that this is a skill you can learn. There are right. natural born leaders. Don't get me wrong, but right. it's, it's a skill. Yeah. Well then in their natural born leaders are few and far between, yeah. right? Because you don't, we, we learn as we grow how to deal with people. Yeah. And that's the biggest part of leadership mm -hmm. is how do you deal with people? And yeah. you know, it all goes yeah. back to just the very basic stuff we learned as kids, right? Exactly. Kindness, compassion, listen, communicate, yeah. trust. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, just those kinds of things. So, so we've, we've talked a lot about some of the challenges <laughs> you've dealt with in right. the last eight and a half years. Um, but, and you've talked, we've talked about successes. I mean, what 11 awards in the last four years yeah. four years um it seems like every other month there's another national award that shows up in pasco <laughs> county from animal services which is great right <laughs> we're getting you know that that out there yeah. and teaching other people how to run successful yeah. shelters and a lot of it's leadership right mm -hmm. how to do that so so any other as, as we've talked any other leadership challenges successes you want to share maybe kind of outside that we haven't talked about yet we don't need to go back through your experience in Utah. Yeah, I mean, but that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a big one for me is, is learning <laughs> learning from the failures. We are very much an organization leadership style of let's give it a shot. Right. Think outside the box. We have gotten so many. I mean, the reason for these national awards is, is not, hey, we're going out there. People are just recognized. We're creating these partnerships. Right. And so we are the first people to say, hey, they have this great program out of Southern California where they can certify your volunteer program as a service enterprise organization. Cool. Sign us up. We're in, right? Hey, your best friends is going to partner with us on a conference thing. That Cool. Sign us up, right? And so what we have to realize is with the team and the trust that we've built with them, it's not always going to work, right? We're going to throw a lot of stuff against the wall and some of it's not going to stick. And so what we've built with the team is that culture of we're going to fail and that's going to be okay. At the end of the day, as long as no animals died, we're going to be all right. Hey, the budget's this and the advocates are that we'll handle that. So we'll be fine. Let's save the animals, take care of your people. Sometimes it's not always going to work. Right. Right. Yeah. It kind of goes back to the Teddy Roosevelt man in the arena yeah. quote, right? The one in there is going to yeah. always going to fail. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You, you don't get in there. I mean, if Tom Brady won what? Seven Super Bowls. Oh. But there were, you know, 15 years he didn't win a Super yep. Bowl. Yeah. So. Yeah. For me, uh, it's um, yeah, there's successes, but. You know, it's like Spencer said earlier, you know, it says we're not getting any of those awards, right. you know, and I, I'm very happy with that, you know, because, <laughs> um, you know, coming into leadership uh, is not something that I I aspired to initially, you know, so, um, you know, I'm kind of more the introvert, right? Right. That's why I hire Spencer, you know, <laughs> somebody that wants to get in front of the camera and, and do stuff. But, right. I, I, you know, I, I think a lot of our success, too, has been. You know his ability to do that, and um, and get the word out there, and then our our media uh, relations folks here in the county have helped us out a lot. Um, we've had a number of good education outreach coordinators um, there at Pasco uh, County Animal Services that have really got us in our story out there, and I think that's that's been very successful. And I think that's what we have to do as leaders too, is we have to promote mm -hmm. our people. Right. You know, and, and our mission and what we do and how we do it and the why behind what we do. And I think that's very important, too. And I, I, we've we've done that with our team a lot with yeah. the why we've done it with our volunteers. We've done it. 
because that's meaningful to people. And I think uh, that's that's a, that's a big success for us, I think. Right. Yeah, we, you know, when we, we talk people, then we talk purpose, and that's the why. Yeah. Right? The why exactly. we do what yes. we do. And exactly. It goes back to, you know, if you enjoy and love what you do, you never work a day. Yeah. yeah. We're, I mean, we're very blessed. We are in an industry where inherently there are high levels of empathy high levels of why these these folks that are that are that are getting up every day coming and saving these animals there there's a reason why right and it's, it's a very we're very blessed to have that to uh, working right. with us so as you kind of as you look forward how do you continue to build the leadership skills and develop um, those different skills over time so uh, for me personally i'll be honest with you i was um i was going kind of downhill i mean you know it's like pouring out the picture, you know, and I was, everything was coming out. Nothing was going in there for a while because I was just too busy, too, um, too stressed, right? You know, whatever, right. trying to get things to where I needed them to be, and focused on operations and everything else. Um, so that was that was kind of difficult. I, and I, I think I've told you this before. I, I felt like you were a godsend coming to the county because you brought with you that leadership element that we as an organization were thriving or not thriving, but we were thirsting for basically, so to speak, you know, we were, I think we're in a, in a, as a County group of directors and stuff, we were not in a good place necessarily. You know, we, there was a lull, there was something going on that just wasn't there for us. I think when you came in and you started introducing us to, you know, the book of the month club and all that stuff, <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think initially people were going like, what, what? you know, and then everybody started going like, Hey, this is good stuff, you know? And, and, um, and I, I learned so much and that kind of encouraged me to, yeah, let's do the next thing. Let's go here. And, and then the podcast that we would watch and things like that, the Ted talks, you know, it made a lot of sense, you know, uh, to do that. And I think the thing that that really helped me too was the consistency that you did that with. You know, it wasn't like you introduced it. You know, two months later it was gone. Yeah. You know, we've been on that journey for what four years now, I, almost five, five years. years now. Yeah. Almost five years. And uh, and it, and it's consistent, and and it, it's it's ready to be changed up a little bit. And I think you're going to be doing that, which is exciting. But uh, I think that really helped me personally just to to get bumped up and then i've got a great boss you know yeah you do and she yeah. challenges me <laughs> kathy pearson she challenges me a lot but she's very compassionate about what we do as well uh she's taught me a lot about um investing in people because she is so invested it's amazing um <laughs> she'll ask me sometimes questions about mike how, you, how how's this going for you and i'm going like hmm how'd you know about that? You know? <laughs> and I think she's got, because she, she knows my, my team. Right. And, and she, she functions with them and stuff independently and stuff. And it's great, you know, right. but that, that also helps to challenge me. Right. And, uh, and, and I looked to grow as a leader a little bit because, you know, there's a point where sometimes you just, you know, like I said, you burn out and right. I didn't want to be there. Right. <laughs> it's um like I said, in the beginning, it's a skill set, And, you know, for me, it was, the first opportunity I had, I was contacted by Best Friends Animal Society. Uh, we had just gotten a national partnership with them and they said, do you want to be part of our executive leadership certification cohort? Absolutely. Right. Did that. Master's degree, CPM training, you know, strategic government resources, servant leadership certification. It's just to me, it's, it's a continual skill that you have to develop. When I first got to the county, 
my podcast list was, you know, people breaking down the lightning and, and ladies <laughs> reviewing the office. Right. And I still listen to those things, but it's a lot more filled with, right. with, with Simon Sinek and Brene Brown and Kim Scott right. and, and, and those folks. And so it's just to me, continual skills. One thing I've done in the recent years is getting in with Kevin Griffith over at libraries. And he was teaching this thing called the Enneagram. And I was like, what the heck is the Enneagram? And if you've ever taken something like the Myers-Briggs, the disc, mm-hmm. it's personalities typing mm-hmm. system, right? And so through the LDP program with the county, the leadership development program, we learned about this thing. We brought it back to our team. Oh my gosh, I see these different personality styles in each of these people. And one thing as a leader I've had to develop is, you know, we've seen a lot of failure in some leaders where they send down an email to everybody and half of the team is like, I don't, I I didn't get that. I don't understand it. What do you mean I understand? I wrote it how I understand it. You should understand it too, right? There are 11 people on our leadership team with eight different personality styles on the Enneagram. And so what I say to one is going to be very different from what I say to the other. And understanding that skill and developing that skill with those individuals right. has been has been paramount. It's been huge. Yeah. And then, you know, communication is, you know, you can say all the everything right, but if the person receiving it didn't understand, you failed That's as a it. communicator, yeah. right? Exactly. And and it's very hard for us to learn that yeah. because I can go back and say, man, yeah, I knocked, I hit everything I needed to hit. And then, but the person sitting on the, in the front table completely goes by them because I didn't communicate yeah. in the way they needed to be yeah. communicated with. Right. I mean, when you look at our team, if we're rolling out a new program, right? The Enneagram one, I'm going to tell them how efficient the program is and how well it runs. The Enneagram two, I'm going to tell them how much it's going to help people and how much it's going to help animals. The Enneagram four, I'm going to tell them how unique this program is and we're the only one. And that gets that buy in. Right. Now you're getting that trust down right, the line. All right. So as you are working through this, um, you know, how do you identify and build leaders on your team? Well, that's uh, that's kind of easy for me in a way because uh, you know, as you get to know your team members, you you know their strengths and weaknesses. You kind of observe them. Um, for me, it's people that that are actually engaged. They get it. You know, they get what you're doing. They understand. Um, it's not something you have to go explain to them very often. Uh, they're actually coming to you with ideas, and so, so for those people, and, and that could be that could be one of the uh, lowest uh, people on, mm-hmm. on right. You know, it, it, it might uh, I start to say unit, but you know, unit. <laughs> lowest member of the team. You know, as far as his ranking goes or anything, but uh, they come up with a great idea, and they're they're excited about something. They want to get involved, and you see that, and you know, you're just keeping your eye on them. Because if there's an opportunity, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see if you're going to be available for that or something. And, um, and then as far as the development goes, we need to – well, what we do with our leadership team and, and you know, that group, 11 people, you know, it's kind of big. People ask, why so many? But it's the fact that we want everybody to know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the easiest way to do this is get as most, most people as involved as possible. And, um, and even with our, our you know – team leaders meetings, we try to push down everything that we can, but still we have communication issues, right. you know? So you want to find those people on your team who actually hear things, understand things and kind of are engaged in that. And I think that's, that's the people I look at uh, down the road for leadership. And, f- and for me, it's one giving those individuals finding and giving them the opportunity. If they're coming to us and saying, Hey, LDP is open for application. Sure. Absolutely. Apply. Hey, there's this new course out there. Cool. Go for it. And on the back end, the team will tell you my favorite phrase that come to the issue. What should I do in this situation? 
well, what do you, what do you want? What do you want to do? Right? <laughs> what do you want to do? Right. I'm much more of the philosophy of beg forgiveness than ask permission right. I'm yeah. back to the throw it to the wall and let's oh, see yeah. if it sticks. Right. So if somebody's coming to me and saying, Hey, what should I do? What do you want to do? Empowering your team. You, you are the, you are the field expert. You know, this dog, you know, this cat, you know, this citizen, what do you want to do? Do you want to write a citation? Do you want to, you know, fix their animal for free? Do you want to take their cats? Like, what do you want to do? I want to do this. Cool. My, they know that Mike and I are going to support them. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah it reminds me of the, the, there were meetings when I just got here that I like, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need me here. You're the experts. I'm going to go do something else. Exactly. Y'all figure it out. You know, and you saw it. Well, and that gets yeah. back to empower, right? Mm -hmm. And right. which is underlaid by trust. Yep. In you know, and we you know working through kind of the speed of trust, a Covey program to because when you trust people and they trust you, things happen much faster. Oh, right. Yeah. You're not yeah. in a compliance based scenario. Right. And so, and underlying all that's courage. So you got to be the courage to do that. Right. Yeah. Which is not necessarily absence of fear. No, but the the ability to go on in spite of it, right? Yeah. And so, because you know, that's that's a big part of that. So, as as we wrap up, any last minute words of wisdom or thoughts that you want to share with those who are listening or watching out there? Well, I, I tell you, you know, you you just touched on empowerment, and um, you know, Spencer and I feel calls all the time from from our fr front desk or from customer service and stuff, and and they'll say, well, hey, we've got this person on the phone, they want this, they need this, you know, is is that something we can do, and Every time we have our all team meeting, we're, we're telling them the same thing, and we'll keep telling them the same thing: is that look, you guys are right there, and he 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 mentioned that already. You guys are right there. You're looking at the customer. You know the situation. This is what we can do, and this is what you know. If you absolutely have to hold the line, do it. But if not, you make the decision. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Right. I trust you. You know, right. you, you can make that decision. I am not going to come back and say, why didn't we get that $10 for that tag? Because, you know, that customer couldn't pay it, you know, and, and they'll, you know, they're, it's, it's sad that we don't trust people more with little things about their job. To me, it's a no brainer. It makes my job easy. Right. I don't get those calls five times, six times a day, you know. Uh, I, my staff can handle that. The team knows what they're doing, they're going to do it fine. And I, and I trust them. So I, I would strongly encourage wherever you can break down a wall or right. a barrier between, you know, what your team can decide for customers and what they can offer, uh, break it down, make it better for them, make it better for the customers, speeds up everything. Yeah, remove barriers and obstacles. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've done that recently. Um, and one of the county's core values is innovation. And one thing we've really been dedicated to recently is keeping people with their pets, right? So we have a certain budget, the operating budget we have to keep too, right? But if we're keeping people with their pets and they're not coming into the shelter, right? The pets aren't in the shelter to get sick. We can save a ton of money. What can we use that money for? Innovative things like cool programs to keep people with pets. And so it's all it's all reallocating and in the innovation and empowering that team to do that, to think outside the box. Once again, Mike and I hadn't won a single award. It's the team. We have an absolutely incredible team out at Animal Services, and and they're the ones that deserve the credit for for helping the citizens of Pasco, the animals of Pasco, and we're honored to to be leading them. Yeah, even I mean, you know, we talked earlier this week, even where y'all are, you know, if somebody is having an issue with their housing situation and they need to, you know, be apart from their animal a short time while they solve their housing situation, you even work them through that mm -hmm. where so they don't have to give it yeah. up but it, they can it, get it back if an animal yeah. if, they, if you give up an animal and give it to our shelter on average it's going to cost us 338 dollars to fix that animal feed it vaccinate it turn it around get it out for adoption you say hey i got to go find a new apartment two weeks we talk to the boarding facility it's 250 we that person sit, now gets to keep their pet 
Mm-hmm. And we saved the county 120 right. bucks. Yeah. Like it's right. just, it, to me, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Right. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. So no, I yeah, really appreciate that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But, and so thank you for, for being here. Uh, we're going to yeah. do a little lightning round. Uh-huh. You know, oh, okay. Little, oh yeah. 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 We, <laughs> it helps. Every, I mean, we got some of your stories at the beginning, but yeah. kind of gets helps, you know, uh, sure. the people listening, watching know us a little bit better. So I'm, I'll just ask a few questions, simple questions, nothing complicated. All right. You know, things like done or dusk, dawn or dusk. Yeah. I messed that one up. <laughs> didn't I? Dawn or dusk? Dawn. Morning guy. Morning guy. Yeah. Morning guy. For yeah. sure. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So kind of working there together in yeah. Paris. Um, what's your favorite season? Time of the year. Uh, I love Florida season. Period. Yeah, you know, it's just it's like it's just good January, all year round. January. I'm riding a motorcycle right now. I mean, it's like <laughs> it don't matter. It was a little crispy this morning. But yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't ride it this morning. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I did yesterday, and I said, "No, I'm not riding it tomorrow." <laughs> there are advantages to every season, but nothing beats a, a crisp college football Saturday just in the fall. Just absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, you and you would have had those up in Denver and Utah, uh, yes, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was. It really was in Texas. It wasn't football season until like October, November. I mean, you'd already been playing half yes, the season, but yeah. it didn't feel like football season until like October, yeah, exactly. November, right? And I know it's the same way here. So, um, so what place do you want to travel most? What's next on the list if you could go anywhere? Uh, one of the things on my bucket list is definitely Alaska. Okay. Yeah. And you never got there in the Coast Guard? I didn't. I tell you, everyone I knew that got stationed there loved it. They'd yeah. come back, tell stories, you know, but uh, never made it. Okay. Yeah. We are uh, crazy Disney people. So around the world, Paris, Tokyo, Hong Kong, and then there's a new resort in Hawaii. So the Alani Resort out there. So all those Disney places, we're, we're going to hit Disney them. Places. We're going to hit them for sure. Oh, all right. Probably meet Kathy there. Yes. You probably Kathy, will. Yes. I'll probably yeah, see Kathy yeah. there. Uh, well, she was, she was the one in Orlando last weekend, mm-hmm. yeah. a couple weekends ago. Her and I were so. there at the same time, just different parks. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go to one that's kind of a standard one, but right. you know, more people don't watch these anymore. It seems like, uh, but the officer parks and rack. Oh yeah, for me, uh, it's probably the office, but I was more of a Seinfeld person. Okay, you know? so yeah, well, I know yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah, so I could quote the entirety of the office, just okay. word for word. It's still on every day in my house. I don't okay. know why it's such a comfort thing for me, but anybody <laughs> watching this that knows me knows it's the office for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately I end up on the office too. Yes. Yeah. You know, it just uh, Parks and Rec has a lot of the local government things in it, but yeah. ultimately the office just is more humor. Yeah. yeah. It's a little, little, yeah. crazy little, sometimes how much you can relate to that happening in your own office. Yes. Like, wow, this is supposed <laughs> to be satirical. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it, but some of it, you know, it's, you know, they they, mm-hmm. they don't their line is a little different than our line. Correct. That's for sure. Correct. So. So again, yeah. thanks for all for being here. It was great to have Absolutely. you both here today. Have a discussion, thanks, uh, yeah. kind of about leadership. Uh, and again, special thanks to our media relations team who makes this all possible. And again, thank you for joining us for this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Dan Biles, and until the next one. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.